turbulence ahead for the summer travel season. They had the staff to land the plane, but then they didn't have the staff to let us off the plane. Labor shortages prompting major airports to take extreme measures. Pride party put on hold. Really traumatic. Um, we've, yeah, a lot of people have not been able to work. Chilling threats casting a shadow on what should be a colorful celebration. And searching for Chelsea Cardinal. We're all just holding out hope that she's still somewhere there. Loved ones cling to hope for a BC woman feared swept away. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. A combination of so-called revenge travel due to pent-up demand and a shortage of workers thanks to COVID-19 is impacting many airports around the world right now, including here at home. Let's bring in John Hua with more on this. And John, all this is to say many travelers are facing long delays and some airports are even capping travel. That's right, Sophie. Just like the seatbelt ding goes off right before you're about to hit turbulence, we're now getting news of caps on summer flights arriving to Amsterdam Schiphol and London Gatwick airports due to staffing shortages, which is leaving many to wonder, could this also happen here? Imagine being told you're ready for takeoff. The only problem, the airport on the other end is completely unprepared for landing. The uh, captain comes on with an announcement that um, Vancouver is not able to accept us. Sharon Perry says her flight from San Francisco to Vancouver International Airport suffered another delay after landing. The extra time on both tarmacs tied to the same reason. They had the staff to land the plane, but then they didn't have the staff to let us off the plane. Major staffing issues already forcing international airports like London Gatwick to reduce the number of flights it can take in July and August. Amsterdam Schiphol Airport throttling back its daily passenger capacity by 16% this summer. These are things that have never happened or needed to happen in the travel industry and major airlines cancelling over the summer months, 8% of their flights. In Canada, airline and airport security staffing issues have already been well documented. We're seeing a lot of people be delayed and it's the domino effect. Rising frustrations and uncertainty of how Canadian airports are going to be able to handle the next few months prompting this message from the federal transport minister. We're seeing a surge in travel demand in Canada and around the world. This surge is causing airport delays globally and here in Canada. We know we still have more work to do. Vancouver International Airport was unable to provide comment by deadline, but indicated its staffing levels were stable. This, however, is just a small part of the equation bearing the weight of the public's travel experience. We're seeing even you know, a day of or a couple of days before flight cancellations happen. Experts say travel insurance might be a good idea with so many expected last-minute changes. With flight delays clearly becoming a regular part of travel, hopefully the destination is worth the wait. Now to add to the already soaring travel numbers on June 20th, the Government of Canada officially lifts its vaccination requirement for domestic and outbound travel which means in a couple of days, there'll be many more people traveling in and out of YVR. Sophie? 
John Hua reporting at Vancouver International. John, thank you. Well, the trial continues for Aiden Coben, the Dutchman accused of extorting and harassing BC teen Amanda Todd before she died by suicide. As Rumina Dea reports, the defense today cross-examined a Dutch forensics expert. An enormous amount of digital evidence was seized from the holiday bungalow in the Netherlands where the accused, 44-year-old Aidan Coban, was arrested. More than 80 items, including multiple hard drives, computers, a webcam, directional Wi-Fi antenna, USBs, a Dutch passport with Coban's name, etc. Crown is trying to prove Coban used 22 fake online user accounts to sexually blackmail 15-year-old Amanda Todd half a world away. Defense questioning Martin Boostra, former Dutch officer and child exploitation team member, about a covert police team which entered Coban's bungalow weeks before he was arrested in January 2014. The team installed keylogger software which records everything you type. Police then removed this software from the devices just before Boostra conducted forensics. The officer testified he did not know if this was normal procedure. Coban has pleaded not guilty to all five charges. Ramina Dea, Global News. An update now on that frightening lockdown incident at Killarney Secondary on Thursday. Vancouver police investigators have determined the axe seen at the school was actually a prop being carried by a student for a school project. The school was placed on lockdown Thursday morning while officers went room to room to make sure everyone was safe. The VPD is applauding the quick thinking and cooperation of all staff and students who thought there was an active threat at the school. It has been an eventful week for Killarney. On Wednesday, nearly two dozen people were impacted when bear spray was deployed during an attempted assault at the school. The city of Victoria is raising the pride flag and nine other flags today to celebrate Pride Week, even as a local business faces homophobic threats. This year, the Progress Pride flag is on the flagpole at the capital city's municipal building. Keeping the multicolored rainbow design as a base, it adds a chevron featuring black, brown, light blue, pink and white stripes to represent LGBTQ people of color and the trans community. Earlier this week, a local coffee shop with deep roots in the community cancelled a family-friendly drag show after receiving hateful and homophobic phone calls and threats of violence ahead of the event. I'm dressed in drag today as an act of solidarity and as a member of the queer community. These threats of violence have no place in our community. The final comment was that uh, someone should come and shoot up the place and everyone in it. We're not going to uh, back down to uh, to hate and, you know, we're not going to accept intolerance. In these uncertain times, we need to come together as a community, all of us, not to tear each other apart. Know that you are loved and that love will always prevail over fear and hate and anger. 
The city of Victoria says it welcomes all people, regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression. Nine additional flags representing asexual, bisexual, genderqueer, non-binary, pride, pansexual, polysexual, transgender and two-spirit will fly on the Pandora side of City Hall through Canada Day. Well, parts of BC's north, central coast and interior may be dealing with localized flooding right now, but a late melt still leaves twice the normal snowpack across BC. Officials with the River Forecast Center say the melt is two to four weeks behind schedule right now due to cool weather this spring. And that has led to an average snowpack across the province of 198% of normal as of June 15th. In the North Thompson Basin, the snowpack is at 232% of normal. The South Thompson Basin is lower at 186%, but that's still nearly twice as high for this time of year. Typically, about 75% of the snow accumulated from the winter would have melted by now. But this year, the proportion is closer to 50%. We are seeing, uh, particularly in those mountainous areas, that the snowpack remains significant enough to provide ongoing risk to flooding, particularly uh, in the higher elevation terrain. So places including the uh, Upper Fraser, the Caribou Mountains, straining into the North Thompson, the South Thompson, uh, areas of the Kootenays and Columbia, as well as in the Northwest. When we look at uh, conditions, we do expect as this snow melts that we're very much in the peak window of freshet at, at this point in time. We expect that to continue for the next one to two weeks uh, as the remainder of that snow continues to, to come down. Although there are no hot weather concerns in the short term, forecasters say we are still being challenged by unsettled patterns the province has seen over the past couple of months which is adding more rain on top of the snowmelt. It's now been four days since a Kelowna woman vanished along with her dog, believed to have been swept away in the fast-moving waters of Mission Creek. Global's Claudia Van Emmerich spoke with Chelsea Cardinal's devastated family as they desperately look for any clues as to her whereabouts. It's so surreal, really. I mean, we're all just holding out hope that she's still somewhere there. A heartbroken family walks the Mission Greenway, yearning for clues into the sudden disappearance of their loved one. We haven't found a single trace of her, so, you know, it really still hasn't become real until you find some piece of one of them. Chelsea Cardinal's mom, too emotional to speak on camera. Understandable, considering her daughter has not been seen since Tuesday morning, when she took her nine-month-old German Shepherd pup named JJ on a walk along Mission Creek in the Rutland area. It was a part of her regular routine to walk the puppy before she went to work. But on that fateful day, the 31-year-old Kelowna-born woman never made it to work. Her car was found on Pasadena Road, near the section of Creek where she normally walked. While no one knows for sure what happened, it's believed she was swept up by the creek's fast-moving water. She usually comes down this hill here, the dog's already off the leash, and they run in this kind of field area back this way. That section of Greenway now closed because of safety concerns. Our Global News drone footage shows the creek's bank eroded as recent rain and snowmelt caused the creek to swell up significantly. Search crews scoured the Greenway from the ground in the air for two days until RCMP had to temporarily suspend the operation due to dangerous conditions. You feel helpless. 
I mean, you don't want to ask people to come out and help search either because you don't want them to end up in the same scenario. Central Okanagan Search and Rescue, along with the RCMP, will resume the official search for Chelsea Cardinal on Saturday. In the meantime, the family is pleading for the public to keep their eyes open for any signs of the missing woman or her dog. Keep your eyes peeled at all times, and if you find something, report it to the RCMP. Any article of clothing, you know, the leash, the dog. Chelsea was wearing a bright red jacket and grayish ball cap at the time of her disappearance. The family has now created a Facebook page for anyone wanting to stay connected or help with the search. We don't want anybody to go into anywhere near the water to get into danger or anything like that because our family would just be devastated if something happened to somebody else's family while trying to help ours. Claudia Van Global News, Kelowna. Well, it looks like Freedom 55 might have to wait a few more years. Maybe now's not the right time to retire. Why more Canadians are choosing to hold off on retirement in just over a minute. I was, I'm still a little gutted and I still can't really believe. A family's Father's Day plans sunk. Their hard work stolen by thieves. Why it's especially devastating coming up on the NewsHour. Plus. And this little cub was, was scared and just looking for safety. And How he found this hiding spot inside a Campbell River home and the outlook for his future later. Right now, though, there has been no escaping the impact of inflation. The current soaring cost of living can readily be seen at the gas station and the grocery store. And now a new survey has found more older Canadians are considering delaying their plans to retire. Aaron MacArthur reports. For most people, retirement might look like this. Or this. But increasingly, people think... It might actually look a lot more like work. A new survey shows half of people over 55 have serious concerns about the state of their post-work lives. When you look at that group of 55 plus, they're just overwhelmed with all that's been happening in the last couple of years. About half of Canadians surveyed say they're delaying retirement. Four in ten list debt as a key reason. Six in ten say they don't have enough money saved. 54% list inflation and the cost of living increases for the decision to push back retirement, and slightly more than a quarter say they still have financial commitments to their children. It's not just a a financial thing that you have to be prepared for in retirement. It's a psychological thing as well. Routines change. Some people identify themselves by by what they do, not who they are. When asked what they feared most about their future, 63% of those surveyed say they feel they would never be able to retire. Seven in ten feared running out of money, and a quarter said they didn't want to have to go back to work to afford their increased cost of living. Financial planners say, given the uncertainty, people need to take a look at their financial futures. For the average Canadian and the ones that are 55-plus, I think the immediate thing they can do is just take action. Uncertain markets and inflation, making people nervous. But the experts say it will pass, and investors need to exercise patience. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Coming up, seeking justice. Ernie did not deserve this. At the end of the day, I'm not going to stop until I get justice for her. The push to reopen the criminal case in the drowning of an Okanagan nurse. 
Also ahead, snake in a supercar. How a rattler hitched a ride from Asilius to Vancouver. The special stories that shape our province, as suggested by our viewers. This is BC with Jay Durant. Real people, real stories. This is BC with Jay Durant is brought to you in part by Van Camp Freightways, BC owned and operated for 75 years. After clearing two earlier accidents in Richmond, the Highway 91 East-West Connector is still slow to recover with lineups converging on the S-curve in both directions and Highway 99 is super busy as an alternate route. Through Kermac Cares for Kids, expert repair for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. When you choose Kermac, you choose to support BC Children's Hospital. Kermac Cares for Kids. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. Well, six years after the mysterious drowning of Arlene Westervelt, her family and friends are still seeking justice and now taking matters into their own hands. As Megan Turcotta reports, they put on a show of force at the Kelowna Courthouse today, attempting to breathe new life into the criminal case. Justice for Arlene! Friday, nearly six years after Arlene Westervelt's body was pulled from Okanagan Lake, friends and family of the 56-year-old nurse stood on the steps of the Kelowna Courthouse to call for justice. We traveled across Canada and this is our third time being here today to try and push this case forward. There are so many unanswered questions. Arlene's husband, Bert, reported her death as an accidental drowning while the couple was on a canoe trip. But in 2019, Bert Westervelt was charged with second-degree murder in his wife's death. That charge was later stayed before it got to a preliminary inquiry. That process was stayed inexplicably. No evidence, no answers have been given to the family as to why this needs to be heard. Crown Counsel said the stay of proceedings was due to new evidence. But Arlene's friends and family are adamant the case should have its day in court. This all has to go through the courts. Isn't that what our justice system is all about? And yes, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. But have the evidence come forward and, and, and clear your name. That's what I would expect. Friends and family came from across the country to be at the Kelowna Courthouse for an unusual hearing. A former Mountie has made applications to the court he hopes will revive the prosecution in this case. Justice is supposed to be seen to be done. It's not happening here. The details of Don Matheson's application are not public and Friday's court hearing occurred in camera without the public or media present. But friends and family are pinning their hopes for a trial on Matheson's applications. Arlene did not deserve this. At the end of the day, I'm not going to stop until I get justice for her. And it needs to be heard and it needs to be heard in the court of law. The judge and jury will decide on the evidence. Bert Westervelt has denied killing his wife and maintains his innocence. The application hearing is set to be back in court in mid-July. Megan Turcato, Global News. A rattlesnake hitched a ride from Asilius to Vancouver in style, somehow sliding into a Ferrari for the four-and-a-half-hour journey. It turns out Vancouver's Ferrari dealership had recently held a track event in the South Okanagan, and when the staff returned to the Lower Mainland, they spotted the snake slithering its way under cars in the third-level garage. They called the Wildlife Rescue Association of BC, which delivered the Northern Pacific rattlesnake to the Dudney Animal Hospital in Maple Ridge. The veterinarian has appropriately named it Enzo, and it now awaits a trip back home to the Okanagan 
in a much slower ride. I've done a lot of things like marmots, hitching rides in cars and stuff like that, but I've never done a snake before. And I gotta give kudos to Ferrari of Vancouver. Most people would have either killed it or just dumped it outside in a park or something. And they did the right thing and called the Wildlife Association. On Sunday, my family and I are gonna be taking Enzo back to a Soyuz to be released at the very spot that he was found. Thanks to a microchip, they actually know the exact rock the snake was living under. A green line on Enzo's tail shows the snake was part of a survey from the Inkami Desert Cultural Center. Researchers are still trying to understand the damage to local snake populations after the Inkami Creek wildfire tore through Enzo's home last summer. Pointing fingers in the fallout of the Cullen Commission report. How the Liberals and NDP are taking aim at each other just ahead. Plus, a new Vancouver park gets its name. Two of them, actually. The meaning behind the new monikers just ahead. After a busy afternoon commute on the Portman Bridge, traffic has eased off quite nicely in both directions, with just some minor delays still on how we went eastbound through the Burnaby Lake stretch with congestion at merge points. Get best-in-class protection and savings with BCAA Insurance. Learn more at bcaa.com. I'm Trish Dewison in the Global Traffic Center. Victoria police are asking for help to find two people who beat up a good Samaritan. Police say the attack happened Thursday afternoon at a grocery store on Menzies Street. The victim tried to stop a woman from stealing groceries. And while he struggled with her, he was hit several times by a second suspect. The suspects fled on foot and the victim was taken to hospital. He is expected to recover. Police are searching for a man and a woman in their 40s. Well, the political sparring has begun over the Cullen Commission's report into money laundering. B.C. Liberal leader Kevin Falcon is apologizing for the role his party played in allowing money laundering to happen in this province. But as Richard Zussman tells us, the Liberals are also looking for an apology of their own. Atoning for the past. It was my party, even if I wasn't in government with them at the time. And so we do apologize unreservedly for that. Commissioner Austin Cullen finding the response to money laundering of various ministers. And former Premier Christy Clark was hugely insufficient. But even so, Cullen found ministers took some steps to tackle the issue and did not recommend any further ramifications. And as far as the accountability, our job will be making sure that we hold the government to account for the 101 recommendations that have been made by Cullen and ensure that those get implemented. Attorney General David Eby says his party's looking at the recommendations now and is enthusiastic about many of them. And just because there's an apology doesn't mean the public will forget what happened. Frankly, I think it's one of the reasons why the Liberals are looking to change their name. They're associated with this kind of activity in casinos. They're associated with the mess at ICBC. Justice Cullen did write about former gaming ministers in the report. More could have been done, he writes, by Mr. Rich Coleman and Mr. Mike DeYoung, who served in that role for extended periods of time during the evolution of this crisis, and acknowledged things changed when the government changed, especially based on actions by David Eby in 2018. I had the same information they did when I took over the office, and uh, my actions and our government's actions, supported by the finance minister and the premier, stopped this activity. But the Liberals are pointing fingers as well saying Eby stoked anger towards the Asian community by being involved in a 2015 report 
tracking housing purchases on Vancouver's west side by people with non-anglicized names. Cullen found dirty cash did not drive the housing crisis. I was absolutely correct to flag the issue of international money coming into our housing market. It really helped stoke a lot of anti-Asian racism, the effects of which we're still seeing today. And I do think it'd be important for the Attorney General to acknowledge that he's got to be much more disciplined. Evie also pointing out the previous government did eventually rush in a foreign buyer's tax to address exactly this issue. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Well, Vancouver has its first park with a name in both the Halkomelin and Squamish languages. The park is located at the corner of Richards and Smythe on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh nations. The park will be known as Sukalhenem in Halkomelin and Suketsakwe in Squamish. That means rainbow in both languages, honoring a time when the mist formed rainbows in the forest and celebrating the LGBTQIA2S plus community in the area. It's no longer appropriate for us to just hand over a name on a piece of paper and then leaving it at that. The importance of us naming and using our process brings our culture back out into the real world. The Vancouver Park Board calls the name an important step in decolonization, and it says that could lay the blueprint for similar naming decisions in the future. Well, starting next year, the federal government is temporarily decriminalizing the possession of small amounts of hard drugs in B.C. It's hoped that move will be part of the solution to the unrelenting opioid crisis. But is it an idea that Canadians support? As Paul Johnson reports, a new poll suggests opinions on the matter are divided along party lines. I was a bit surprised at the findings. Steve Mossop's latest Leger poll is an early glimpse into public reaction to the plan to decriminalize hard street drugs in B.C. Of 1,500 Canadians polled, 36% said they supported decrim, while 25% supported full-on legalization, which is not on the table. They're substantial numbers, but are they enough? But it's still a fairly small number when you think of it in the context of uh, what's happening at the federal level. With BC's deadly overdose crisis raging unchecked, there's a powerful moral incentive to do something big and effective. Starting in January, BC will be the first jurisdiction in North America where small amounts of crack cocaine, crystal meth, heroin and fentanyl will be off limits from police seizure. My personal view is that we have to we have to look at this through a lens of that it's a, a health matter and that it's not a policing matter. Vancouver City Councilor Melissa DiGenova says decrim could be a step in the right direction if done in tandem with more prevention and treatment. Over in New Westminster, City Council candidate Daniel Fontaine also believes people struggling with addiction need doctors, not handcuffs. We know that mental health services are absolutely critical. There needs to be more investment in that. Not surprisingly, the poll found support for decrim tracks closely with partisan orientation, with Liberal and NDP voters tending to favour it and Conservatives mostly opposed. 
Mossop sees the possibility of political peril, depending on how it works out. I think a third is not quite enough. It's, it's very risky for politicians to make wide-scale wide changes when you only have the support of a third of the population. Paul Johnson, Global News. New UBC research reveals peanut allergy treatment is safest when started for infants under 12 months old. Oral immunotherapy, which involves eating tiny amounts of peanut protein, has already proven successful in dramatically reducing potentially deadly reactions. Now, a UBC-led study published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology has found the earlier preschoolers start the treatment, the better. Researchers focused on infants younger than 12 months old and determined oral immunotherapy is even safer for this age group than it is for toddlers and older preschoolers. A passion project months in the making, gone. And it, it turned out. It looked really nice yesterday. Have you seen this boat? Why well, the family hopes to get it back in time for Father's Day. Also ahead, barely noticeable, the surprise visitor a Campbell River family found in their home. A Vancouver family is calling out the thief or thieves who ruined their Father's Day plans that were about a year in the making. Duncan, along with wife Julie and their two young children, spent the past year building a sailboat from scratch. Going off a book from the 1970s, buying wood from the local home building center and salvaging wood from construction sites. All their hard efforts finally paid off as they finished the project on Thursday night. Neighbors helped lift the 14-foot boat onto a trailer parked in a back alley near 25th Avenue and Fraser, locking it to a telephone pole with a chain. But then, much to their dismay, the trailer and boat were stolen sometime overnight, ruining the family's plans to launch the vessel this weekend in time for Father's Day. I'm still a little gutted and I still can't really believe. Like I'm kind of still expecting that it's going to be around the corner, but it's not. Um, it's definitely hard to process a year of work. If someone saw this white sailboat with green on the sides uh, in a park or something like that, like if it was dumped off somewhere, uh, obviously I'd just love to have the thing back. It's believed the vessel was taken sometime between 11 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. The trailer's license plate was WHW89A. Let's hope they get it back in time for Sunday. All right, let's bring in Kasia Badurka now with a look at the weather forecast for this weekend and Father's Day, all important, and hopefully families can get outside, Kasia. Yeah, hopefully the forecast doesn't turn out the way it's looking like at this point. It looks like it will be an unsettled day and we do have cloudy conditions and showers in store, but tomorrow looks like it's going to be the bright spot, so you may want to change your plans around. 17 degrees at this point from the Wall Centre Tower Cam, mostly cloudy skies, mostly cloudy through the overnight, a chance of rain, and especially tomorrow morning, scattered showers over Metro Vancouver, but tomorrow afternoon, drying out, 17 will be the high. Hello, Williams Lake, this was you yesterday. I'm sure you didn't miss it. We had so many photos and videos spilling in. Doesn't that look like snow? No, this was all hail that came down. Just crazy storms, localized flooding, as you can see, with a severe thunderstorm watch in place now for the southeast corner of the province. Areas marked in blue could also get your garden variety kind of thunderstorms this evening. But areas, like I mentioned in the southeast, it could be large hail, very frequent lightning, heavy downpours, and you, you know it, and there it is.
is, there are those lightning strikes. So also southern Alberta looking at the possibility of or looking at some severe thunderstorm watches. Tomorrow, ditto. The potential is there yet again and all this active weather is elevating flood concerns. So now the BC piece is under a flood watch in addition to the central coast, the middle Fraser and the north and the south Thompson regions. Tomorrow afternoon, it'll look like this. Unsettled across the northern flank of the province, mostly cloudy skies, potential for scattered showers as well as those thunderstorms. Not so much over coastal sections. 14 for Prince Rupert, 21 Kelowna, Merritt, Kamloops 22, mostly cloudy skies, chance of thunderstorms yet again. Over here, a little bit more calm, but a chance of rain up and down Vancouver Island. And for us, it's only rain through the morning, then clearing in the afternoon. All right, here's your Centra Windows weather window. This is from Shimshian territory along the north coast. Naomi White took this of a gorgeous sunset yesterday evening. Beautiful. Thank you, Kasia. Well, this is a scene in itself from Goldilocks and the three bears that played out on Vancouver Island this week. But with a happier ending, as Catherine Urquhart reports, a scared cub sought refuge in a stranger's home where it tried to blend in with the surroundings. Once upon a time, there was a very cute baby bear who snuck into a house in Campbell River and hid behind a houseplant. But this was no fairy tale. Sadly, a little, a little cub was separated from mom. We, we don't know what happened to mom, and you know, this little one probably knows. This tiny Bruin mysteriously appeared Monday night after entering the house through a cat door. Yeah, many, many cubs have come in over the years. Um, this has got to be the first that, that's through a cat door and, and hiding behind a plant. The real-life Goldilocks who discovered the cub isn't talking. But their close encounter of the wild kind is prompting some reminders. Making sure our garbage is secured, making sure compost is secured, not feeding your pets outside, so no cat kibble on your deck or dog kibble on your deck, making sure you clean your barbecue after every use. Little Bear is being cared for at the North Island Wildlife Recovery Centre, where it's expected to stay for about a year. After that, he'll be released into the wild and hopefully live happily ever after. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. <laughs> All right, uh, Squire Barnes is here with a look ahead to sports. Yes, I'm going to tell you about the Golden State Warriors, who won last night, won the NBA championship, and they won the title with some help from people who have spent a lot of time in this part of the world. Yes, Steph Curry was the MVP, but there were greater Vancouver connections who helped him get his fourth ring. We'll give you the uh, shout-outs to all of those BC people. And later, that Friday favorite, Satellite Debris, still to come. Well, the big question, could Adam Hadwin keep it up? Um, well, a little bit. <laughs> Not as much as he would have liked to. Uh, he started the second round at the U.S. Open as the leader. He had that great foreigner par round yesterday. That included a stretch of five birdies over six holes in the front nine. But the one thing about golf... It's not easy to put two back-to-back -back great rounds together, especially at a major tournament where the courses are a lot tougher 
than your usual PGA events. It proved to be tougher for Adam Hadwin today, but he didn't drop too far down the leaderboard. So let's see how the man from Abbotsford did. Well, he had trouble with the par threes today for some reason. Three over on the par threes. There's an example right there. But he did birdie his final two holes. And that got him to two under after 36. So he's only three off the lead. Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world. Yep, even the number one can do that. So everybody who plays golf, we can do exactly what Scotty Scheffler can do. We don't want to do it. We'd rather do this. This is also Scheffler. Masters champ lost his second. But we'd be much more likely to do what he did before than what he's doing right now. That's an eagle from the rough on 14, three under par. Rory McIlroy, this is not as easy as you would think. It is greenside, but that's pretty thick rough, and he gets this one close. Rory McIlroy won back at four under. The leader is Colin Morikawa. This is on the eighth, par five. This is a perfect approach. Well, I guess perfect would be in the cup, so close to perfect. He's tied with Joel Damon on top of the field at minus five. Nick Taylor, Roger Sloan of BC missed the cut. If you're wondering, Phil Mickelson was 11 over par and obviously missed the cut. So maybe the Vancouver Whitecaps went to Dallas early this week because they certainly didn't show up for their game in Seattle where they lost 4-0. Tomorrow they're in Dallas and this won't be easy. FC Dallas is second in the West right now. But for what it's worth, the Whitecaps did beat Dallas at BC Place last month on a penalty kick in stoppage time. And they should be very motivated to show that the Sounders game was not the real them. At least it better not be. Has lots of room bearing down on Cropper. He lets one rip and it's in. The only good thing about getting spanked Tuesday in Seattle is that the Whitecaps don't have to wait long to redeem themselves. They were never in it for a moment against the Sounders. They better be ready to go in Dallas, currently the second place team in the Western Conference. Well, the main thing that missed in Seattle it was like our usual intensity and willing to fight on every ball. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get back in, in Dallas to it. I think that's the good thing about having so many games, um, you know, back to back. You know, some say it's not good for rest, but I think if you're coming off a loss, and particularly a bad loss, um, it could be good to uh, kind of erase that right away. The Whitecaps have been roadkill this season. They've lost six of seven in enemy territory and have been outscored 20 to five. But they did beat Dallas earlier this season at BC Place, and that at least has to give them some hope this is also a winnable game. I don't think we played particularly that well, but in the second half we made a few adjustments. We pressed really well together as a, you know, as a full team, and um, we controlled the rest of that game. So we just know that we need to be aggressive, we need to be on our front foot, and um, kind of really pressure them in the back. The people who run Formula E racing say that Vancouver will not be on the schedule for next year, and they've cut ties with the OSS group out of Montreal that was trying to get a race for this city this year. OSS said the race this year was postponed until next year, but now that Formula E is confirmed that Vancouver won't be on the schedule in 2023, they say that people who bought tickets should get a refund. Apparently around 30,000 tickets were sold for this year's race, which didn't happen. The head of OSS told Post Media in an interview that people could start to get refunds next month, but he hopes to persuade Formula E to reconsider a Vancouver race for next year. 
We'll see. Uh, Blue Jays, Yankees. The Yankees are 47 and 16. They're like the 27 Yankees in 2022. Giancarlo Stanton, two-run homer to right. 4-1 New York in the fifth. And then uh, Anthony Rizzo steps up and just makes it worse for Toronto. Bases are completely cleared. That's a grand slam. It's 10-1 Yankees at that point. They scored eight in the fifth. Well, the Blue Jays have rallied a bit. 10-3 in the seventh. There was a big local contingent helping the Warriors win the NBA title this year. First off, former UBC basketball player Jama Masalea was an assistant coach with the Warriors after he used to work for the Raptors organization. Dr. Rick Celebrini and Danny Langford both work with the Warriors sports medicine, keeping the players healthy, getting them back from injuries. Celebrini used to work for the Whitecaps and the Canucks, used to play soccer for the Vancouver 86ers. A lot of athletes, professional and amateur around these parts, have been treated by Dr. Rick. And Danny Langford, of course, was a basketball star at SFU in Heritage Park. She became a physiotherapist, joined Celebrini to work with the Warriors as well. So championship rings for all of them. And I want to show you how much the Warrior players love Dr. Rick Celebrini. This is Clay Thompson last night who missed two seasons because of all sorts of issues, knee, Achilles, tendon injuries. He's hugging Rick because Rick Celebrini had a lot to do with Thompson getting back to the Warriors. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they're also Warriors who praise Celebrini's work. In some ways, Dr. Rick was an MVP this year for the Warriors as well. It's a Celebrini celebration. Yes, kind of like Alex McKechnie was when the Raptors won the title. He's the guy who kept Kawhi Leonard standing up all year and playing well. Excellent. And well. they're all disciples of Mr. McKechnie. All right. Thanks, Squire. And, of course, Squire is going to stick around. And hopefully you will, too, because Satellite Debris is next. Stay with us. Oh, we made it to Friday. Mm-hmm. It's touch and go at times, but <laughs> you didn't we think are. we'd do it? I only had a two-day week, really. Oh, that's right. So It must have oh, been tough. <laughs> yes, terribly yeah. difficult. Uh, and it means it's satellite debris time. Yes, so I'm going to start with uh, talking sharks. You like talking animals like, yeah. or fish, as the case may be. <laughs> Things that don't normally talk, I enjoy it when they do. Anapomorphic. Yeah. And also uh, Brian Cranston selling us Mountain Dew. <laughs> Okay, so which one tasted better? Uh, Steve. Yeah, the guy. With Lisa, I only tasted peanut butter and chocolate. Lisa had just eaten a peanut butter cup. But with Steve, I tasted something more. It was peanut butter and uh, Snickers. Peanut butter and Snickers. Steve had just eaten Snickers peanut butter squared. Steve was delicious. Yeah. I'd love another taste. Certainly. Eat both squares, please. If you like peanut butter and chocolate, you'll love peanut butter and Snickers. Try new Snickers peanut butter squared. Come out, come out, wherever you are. (laughs) I've got new Mountain Dew Zero Sugar with the same refreshing taste as the original. But without any of the sugar! (laughs) Here's Mountain Dew Zero. I am thirsty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he looks so much like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, a little, little shiny homage. I like yeah. that. Okay. Oh, we already had one Red Snickers. Rum. Now we'll have two Snickers, this time with Willem Dafoe. And uh, 
and squirrels who don't talk, but there's a lot of them. Action! Sweetheart, don't look at me like that. It's going to be amazing. This is a disaster. Who's the genius who puts a girl in heels on a subway grate? Miss Monroe, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little cranky when you're hungry. Better? Much better. This scene will never make the cut. Morons. Jeff Peanut Butter. It's that jiffing good. You dress up like a squirrel for it. It's a little creepy. Oh. <laughs> Was it as all... creepy as hacking through a door with an axe and handing out Mountain Dew? Uh, no, that's terrifying. Yes, but <laughs> it was thirst... also a very good homage. Thirst quenching. Okay, so this one I think's from Australia. It's uh, for BCF. You'll see. Nothing beats a bit of boating on a glassy lake. Unless, of course, your boat is 36 years out of date. And nothing beats a hammock strung up in a shady place. Unless you shake a possum down that bites you on your face. Nothing beats a weekend fishing with your family. Unless instead of fish you catch some guy on a jet ski. they sell outdoors. I think that's fair. Go glamping. All right, a quick uh, Father's Day forecast, Kesha? Yeah, tomorrow morning we have a chance of showers, then drying out in the afternoon. Father's Day, it looks like it may be raining for us. Inside celebrations. Yeah. That's fine. Have a good weekend, everyone, and happy Father's Day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.